It's about to be a surgical summer. Chop the tops off the coops. The cuatrocientos ochenta y ocho. The spider joint. That's right. Watch the body drops. That would be baseball. <laughs> Where'd you get better, better swing? Oh, they're balls. They're all balls to you. Is that the name of your new podcast? They're all balls to me. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. All sports are balls. Basketball, baseball, football, not hockey. That's a round shape. But yeah. It's a kind of a smush ball. It's like okay. Right. That's what they look like. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> a mammogram on a guy's balls. Oh, because they would have to squeeze it? Yeah. All right. All right. There you go. Which is so true. Yeah. Well, dodgeball. Yeah, it goes on. Yeah, there's a lot of ball sports. Did you ever think about it? But there's also stick. They call it stick and balls. So, well, it's, it's, it's a cephalic thing. Instead of they said, like, penis and balls. Right. It's so funny how you take a direct route to this area. Yeah, okay, there you go. You can't help yourself. All right, there you go. We won't see you on network TV anytime soon, probably. You will not be one of those talking heads. You can't control yourself. Okay, there you go. That's why. Podcast Movement? Yeah. Yes, PM stands for Podcast Movement. Yeah, and right. When I first heard about Podcast Movement, I thought it was kind of a joke. In my world, movement means you took a shit. Right, right? of course. So yes. I never quite understood that. I really think it's a really poor choice. Yes. Oh, so when they sat down at the round table, when somebody said, yeah, movement. Yeah. Potty, yeah. PM, yeah, potty movement. I hear what you say. See, now I'm with you. Now, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Right. There you go. But see, I'm a classical music lover, so for me, movement makes sense. Yeah. You didn't. A movement. Uh, you know, musical movement. Yeah. 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 See. Yeah, I do listen to classical. See, I'm not in the gutter. I, you're so. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Did you know? The more you know, the more you know. We really have to clean these things up here and be clear about this. All right. Did you know? Yes, I, I am a lover of classical music. And how did you become a lover of classical music? Was your father and mother? Yes. Yes, absolutely. No, not at all. The deaf. Remember that? <laughs> oh, crap. I've only been talking to this guy for how long now? I forgot the most important thing about this kid is that his parents are deaf. No, I knew that. That's okay. I know you're paying attention. I realize you're paying attention. Yeah. Yes. But in my mind, I thought, okay, so where would you get that? Like, your parents wouldn't have listened to it. No. But, but can your parents, could your parents feel the vibration of that kind of music? And maybe that would be good because of the deepness that it would have. Yeah. Disco wouldn't be good for that, for feeling that. No, disco, disco would be the best because the beat, boom, 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 boom. You gotta pick a beat. You gotta pick something. But uh, no, they they they, they I, uh, when they used to go to deaf clubs when I was a kid, they would take deaf me to deaf. There are deaf clubs. Yeah, sure. Is that like the Mickey Mouse club? 
Yeah, like the Mickey Mouse Club or the Knights of Pythias or the Knights of Columbus or the Ladies Club of uh, Liberty or whatever, you know. It's a club. They would a lot of talking. There'd be a lot of talking because they don't get to see each other. A lot of hands flying in the air. And I was a little boy, and my sister was a little girl, and there were other little boys and girls, and we would just run around the legs of these giant deaf people, and uh, and they would talk. But there would always be like music, and it would be blaring. I mean, blaring, because they're not happy enough that they're deaf. They want their children to be deaf too. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And by the way, nobody knows how to use the volume knob. If you think about it, if the if there's 50 to 100 deaf people in a club, nobody really knows. They know how to turn it on. They know how to shut it off, but they don't know how to control it. Right? You know how many times you put on the TV or got in the car and go, oh, that's so loud. And then you lower it. They don't know what that's like. No. They just, yeah. So they turn it on, and we would hear this music, and, uh, you know, Jim Croce or whatever, and it would be incredibly loud. You know, everything is disco when it's, you know, loud at a deaf club. Yeah. There you go. More do you know. More do you know. Oh, so how did I find classical orchestra music? <laughs> not really, no, no, not really. No, it's totally. You wouldn't say that. Hey, orchestra music. You know, that's. No, you wouldn't. I don't say that. I, I don't know anybody. Oh, there you go. All right. No, so in in my world of truck driving, and I'm out there in the woods in the north in the northeast. Not every station comes in clearly on the radio, but the one station you could count on to come in clearly would be public radio classical radio they have the most powerful stations there's two stations that always come in very powerful the one that you really you know, the ones that you really don't want which is classical music and then the spanish station the spanish station always cuts right through yeah yeah so and i don't want the spanish station but the classical music station comes through and i started listening to it because it was the only station that would come through and then it worked its way into my system into my soul and i really enjoy it it's been like uh, 30 years of truck driving Uh, is it not on there? I think it is. On iHeartRadio it is. You can get classical on iHeartRadio. No, no, no. I'm saying at this point so that they know, they know that you can't get three stations in. Right. So they bless you with something that would allow you to, that's a satellite radio. Satellite. Oh, my bosses at my at where I work? Oh, no, yeah, they're not going to pay for that. <laughs> they're not paying for that. Oh, yeah, cheap bastards. But my... Thank you. On behalf of this is my friend Dave. Yeah, it's a good way to get me fired. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, I did work for a company once that uh, that uh, paid for Sirius, but uh, you know they're not interested in my comfort. They're not interested at all. So I have to take care of it myself. There you go. And that's how I found podcasting. How you like that? Classical music podcasting. So my company's ignorance, their their reluctance to satisfy my comfort, puts me in a position where I have to go find my own. All right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. All right. So then you made your way into learning about podcasts. Yes. All right. So that's cool. So then we'll get back to our podcasting movement. Yes. Yes. And all that. Right. Right. Hey. How are you? I love the fact we're doing a podcast. He's just saying hello to people. There you go. All right. All right. So I saw Gary. He remembered me. I'm pretending he remembered me. Oh, Gary Leland. Yeah, I saw him today. I didn't walk, so he's probably upset with me that I didn't go walk with him today. I was busy this morning. I got my rest. I did get some sleep. I got great, I think I got about six hours of great CPAP sleep. But I woke up, and I didn't feel sluggish, and I, and I, uh, I went swimming last night, too. I went walking and running and swimming in a pool at the Hilton. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. Oh, I wore a bathing suit, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
No, I didn't read them. I've seen them yet, but as soon as I do, you'll know. <laughs> They're not that stretchy. They're not that stretchy. They're, they, there's a limit. There is a limit to how much uh, they stretch and how much I can fit in. <laughs> yeah. It really is kind of interesting how once upon a time I was able to put both of my legs in my Speedos, and now I could barely fit, fit it over my knee. That is a, I really have grown. Yes, I guess so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh. 20 people who no longer like us. Right. So this was me pretending with Dave, who was so kind to let us record together that. <laughs> we should just do that even if nobody is walking by. It makes the sound of, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, it's good to see you. Hi. So, anyway, so we were recording. Oh, by the way, did we say we're at the fourth floor of the Marriott in downtown Philly? Did you mention that? Yeah, that's where podcast movement is. So we're at the fourth floor of the downtown uh, Marriott. It's a really nice building. Uh, I know, right? Well, you know what? This is. Oh, that's that's convenient. <laughs> that's convenient. And uh, you know what? It's it's. But it's not just a hotel. It's a conference center. So there's a lot of people. I don't know how many were here last year, but oh, is that all? That's very good. You're a walking calculator. Yes. Right. You just you just asked the questions. You didn't give the answers. You just had two plus two and four plus four. Oh, the answer is four. One of these podcasts, we should just try see how long you can go. Yeah. It's an interesting experiment, though. Oh, okay, there you go. All right. We're back. Okay. Yes. Right. So I, I think in my odd, crazy state of how I felt about it, that, oh, it's passable, it's passable. And then I know it sounded like shit. And so Dave and I had, you know, corned beef on, I had rye, he had some. I was on rye. I was on rye, but not. But it's super tiny. You went through lots of. Like Arnold rye. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was like Arnold. You know Arnold bread? It's very small. You don't know Arnold bread? My grandmother, a very tiny, teeny woman, ate teeny bread, and it was Arnold. She ate teeny bread. It was always so funny. No, it's a regular loaf of bread, but it, it's small. To find out how good Arnold Jewish rye was, we invited deli men to try it on their most famous sandwiches. Because when you think of a great sandwich, you think deli. And you start with a real Jewish rye, like Arnold. Pass me a pickle, please. Leo Steiner tried Arnold with turkey, salami, and chopped liver. Sam Denner tried it with pastrami, corned beef, and tongue. Makes a nice sandwich. A nice sandwich. From a deli owner, that's a rave. So when you think deli, think Arnold. You don't have Arnold in Minnesota? Oh, yeah, big bread. We don't, we don't cut back on our, on, our, on our white flour carbs. Okay. No, it's a small... Oh, well, I have a small hand, so it's like the palm is like this this big. This, the, no, it was, it was like sliced loaf bread. 
It was that small. But my grandmother was two or three inches in diameter. She was she was skinny and she was short. You remember Nancy Walker from Rhoda, the mother, the redhead? She also did the the Bounty commercial, something like that. Yeah, that's that was my grandma, tiny like that, and but she was very sweet. And she likes teeny bread, and she had teeny cups, little tea. She everything that she had was appropriately sized for the day that she lived, for the era that she lived. She had appropriate sized plates and. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, she she never had a weight issue. She was always very cosmopolitan. Yeah. Okay. Is reduce the size of your dishes. Well, you're bound to fill it. You want to fill it. That's why they. You know, that's why you shouldn't have a big gulp. Ooh, yeah, the yummy. Ounce, you know, all that, yeah. Yeah, there was a note in there. <laughs> there was there was a message. <laughs> yeah, ready at eight. Yeah, don't open until eight. Yeah, it was very interesting. I never had a thing. It was so protected. It was well protected. Yeah, yeah. That was the most. That was the most concern I think they put into that sandwich. Yeah, the rest of it wasn't really concerned. <laughs> Well, yours is from Cecil's. Yeah. yeah, mine was from Adams in Kingston, New York. But, but you know, it's good for the average Kingstonite. The average upstater probably would enjoy it. I've had the best at uh, well, Katz's, which you don't care for. Yeah, you don't care for that. There goes that sponsorship, and uh, or Second Avenue Deli, or any of those Bens, or any of those. Yeah. They're, yeah, and they're all gone, by the way, I think. Yeah. Every one of them are gone, all those great diners, uh, delis. Yeah, so it wasn't a great New York City, you know, Jewish expectation uh, sandwich. But for a, a, a Gentile uh, upstater, probably good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I should have said to them, listen, I want you to know I'm a Jew from Brooklyn. So don't, don't chintz out on the, on the, yeah, don't, yeah. Right. right. I will talk about it negatively on my podcast. Yeah. 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 What? I did just now. Oh, you're right. Held out. Sadly, we probably should. It's because you don't know that one day they will talk about you in Minnesota and all over the world. You got to be careful. But in this in this environment that we live in, the social media environment, this viral video environment, do you do something? The whole world will know. There you go. Yeah. Right. Now, when you say we, you mean... Oh, not you and I. Hey, let me say, hey, how are you doing? See, I just, a friend of mine just bought a coda. There's a coda right there. That's a coda right there. She's a coda. And her two sisters. I swear to God. Do you want to get verification? I, I don't forget her name. The tall one. She's a coda. Yeah. I just saw her before. We hugged. I pointed at her. She, I, she, I saw her. She didn't tell me everything. I said, hey, coda. I touched her. She's like, oh, my God. And we had a big hug and everything. Yeah, wasn't that great? Uh, she's involved in. Uh, no, nah, she works for. She works with the University of Pennsylvania. She does something. She's involved with something. With something. Oh, Nothing that. No, it's not a deafy thing. No, it's fine. We're, well, you're you're not a coder, so it's a little weird when you say it. But when I say it, it's very appropriate. It's like the N word. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, we can say Jewy. Yeah, there you go. So, by the way, let's clarify. When you say we have sex, you mean you. Yeah, I mean you. Uh, well, I'm also a D. Wait a minute. D? Big Daddy. Oh, Big Daddy. Okay, Big Daddy. I am not Big Daddy. All right, I'm Little David. If we're in a room, I'd yell Big D because some people like look when I go, hey, Big Daddy. They all like their girls. Okay. All the girls want to go. Oh, really? Yeah, because they think that, you know, they kind of get a key infused. Okay. Okay. Oh, really? Is that is that the big? Is the bags? Hey, Natalie. See, I'm saying hello, too. See? You're not the only one that knows people. I know people, too. Oh, there's Steve. Hey, there's Steve. Hi, Steve. How you doing? See? Hey, uh, there you go. See? We're people spotting. No, he knows me. Oh, yeah, well, I'll introduce you. A little bit. A little bit. I'm, yeah, I'm impactful. That's my bed name, by the way. My wife calls me Big Impact. Big Impact, yeah. Big Impact. Yeah, Big Eye. Big Eye. Yeah. Yeah, so we got Big D. My wife's got Big Eye. Hey. Yeah. Hey. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you know? So anyway, so sandwiches were okay. Yes. We could describe them a little bit more of what they were. Like, how was your meat? Your meat you ate. The meat that I ate? Uh, it was good. I don't remember being like, not too salty. Okay. No, it was it was really got to be honest with you. It was very nondescript. I don't think they really cured it like Katz's would or any good deli. I didn't get it from a Jewish deli. I got a, a medium grade sandwich and I paid uh, an average price. Well, this one that I got here. Yeah, <laughs> in the bag. I had from lunch and it was half left over. What is that? It's pastrami Reuben. Okay, so let me ask you a question. What are you going to do with that? Well, I was going to eat it while you had lunch. Oh, okay. Oh, I was going to say, why don't we split it open and eat it right now? You want to do that? You want to pause or you want to keep on going? You want to do that? All right. No, I don't want to eat. Let's split it. Oh, you can't eat anymore? No, first of all, I'll tell you, I have a little problem. Okay. Here's the only way we can do it. Number one is I double-wrapped it because I'm afraid of germs. This is bringing back bad memories. Oh, wow, you really double-wrapped it. I'm not kidding. Like, I have a weird... All right. Well... a germ problem. All right. So do you want to split this in half? No, I do not. I really can't even eat anymore. Okay. Oh, see? Now, look at that. Look at that. Right. I'm going to put my glasses on. <laughs> okay. All right, where did you get this from? All right. All right, Bex is taking a walk somewhere here on the fourth floor. She's going to go find her phone and get the information of where she bought this. I am looking at a beautiful sandwich here. This, oh, this was the one that was pressed on a, on a, on a panini machine. Oh, I see. It's got ridges here, folks. Look at that. It's like Ruffles has ridges. Herschel's East Side Deli. All right, excellent. The fourth floor. The fourth floor. That's all right. Different Dave. Oh, my God. I just cheated and I took a piece of corned beef when she wasn't looking. Isn't it good? It's very good. I'm telling you, they did very good. Okay, so just, all right, so all right. a little
critiquing on this sandwich. Okay. First of all, the cut, the way they cut it was phenomenal. Right. The way they did the stick cut, and they did it by hand. But what was interesting, instead of laying the long slices out, right. they cut it into chop it up into pieces. Right. Like, you know, short, long, whatever. And then they put it on with some sauce. Right. That's very good, kind of like a little Russian, it is, almost like a Russian. It has a very nice taste to it. And there's some sauerkraut, mm-hmm. and there's some cheese. And the bread could definitely use a little bit more Where, panini machine. Yeah, where's the sauerkraut? You sure it's in there? Right oh, in between the layers of cheese? No, I think it's right there. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It is. Well, that, okay. okay. It's delicious. Oh, that is. All right. Right. Okay. Really get your, all right. You really there you get go. Your all right. Here we go. I'm going to get a bite. Normally, we would do this together. Yeah, all right. This here we go. Exactly. It's not going to crunch, though. Okay. It's got a little noise to it. Oh, my God. It's good, isn't it? No. Uh-uh. Oh, shit. I got Uh-uh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have pants. I have pants. Oh, no, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Here. Okay. Lots of That is really phenomenal sandwich. That is way better. Without any effort, really, uh, that's much better than the one I had in New York. Uh, the cheese and everything's all... It's still melted. It's nice. It is, but what's a little interesting, I thought, so in my... Where I come from, in my... At Cecil's and what I remember, Carnegie and Stage and... Right. And those ones, and second, all of them. Right. Is that the pastrami... Go ahead. The pastrami is got... Is more seasoned. I don't know if you could catch that, that it's not super strong. Well, right. No, it's seasoned enough. Yeah. It's, it's good enough. It's not too much. It's, um... It... I, I actually would have enjoyed a little bit more spices on that. But like what? Like what do you want? The, pep, the pepper. pepper. The pepper that they right. use. But it's very light, even though you look at it and you think that it's very heavy because it seems to be thick, right? Right. Um, but it's very good. Right. They, um, were in where I come from, we mix our sauerkraut with our sauce. Right. And here it does it separately. But it's still very tasty and wonderful. And here, go ahead, take another bite. I can feel that you need both your <laughs> The Reuben sandwich. It is an American hot sandwich composed of corned beef, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut, and Russian dressing, and it is grilled between two slices of rye bread. Now, in this episode, Dave is loving up this scrumptious pastrami Reuben. The original was corned beef, but I'll tell you the original story is that Reuben, which he spelled his name R-E-U-B-I-N, so I don't know why they changed it, his last name was Kulakovsky. He was a Jewish Lithuanian born, and he had a little grocery store that resided in Omaha, Nebraska. He was the inventor, so they say, perhaps as part of a group effort by members of his weekly poker game that he held inside the Blackstone Hotel. Did that around 1920 through 1935, and the participants who nicknamed themselves the committee funny, including the hotel's owner, Charles Schimmel. The sandwich first gained local fame when Schimmel put it on Blackstone's lunch menu, and its fame spread when a former employee of the hotel won a national contest with the recipe. Hmm. So on March 14, 1920, they proclaimed that date as Reuben Sandwich Day. Hilarious. There's different variations. We have the Montreal Reuben sandwich, smoked meat. Thousand Island dressing is commonly used as a substitute for Russian dressing. Ooh, we have the walleye Reuben. Of course, uh, that 
sounds like it originated in Minnesota, uh, the grouper Reuben. Sometimes they would substitute coleslaw for sauerkraut. I mean, there's just an array. We have Reuben egg rolls, and of course we have the Rachel sandwich. Turkey uh, with the same things that they used as, with the original uh, Reuben, the sauerkraut, the Thousand Island dressing. Um, but I will say that Cecil's Deli has mm, like eight different ones. We even have a vegetarian one. Uh, if you're feeling like uh, you really want to dive into that Reuben sandwich, but really don't feel very carnivore today. Anyways, that's a little bit of history on the Reuben sandwich. <laughs> one more bite and that's it. No, you have to finish it. Oh, no, I can't finish it during this podcast. But what, I, I want to savor it for later, maybe. Oh, will you take it and savor it for later? I will savor it for later. What, um, where did you get this from again? I got this from Herschel's Eastside Deli. And mm-hmm. so they are sitting in the Reading Terminal. Now, I don't know if you know this, but we're big When you say we, you mean you and Big D. Okay. Big D and I, Big Daddy and I are big Monopoly. Right, okay. The game of Monopoly. Yes. Okay. So I don't know if you know this, because he didn't get this. He's never been to Philadelphia. Right. Uh The Reading Terminal is the Reading Railroad line. Right. On the board. Right. I think that that game originated here. Do you think? Oh, I have no idea. We need to confirm. (laughs) That'll be your job. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go to them. So anyway, I'm going to save this for later. Very interesting. Oh, okay. Let me yeah. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. You talk because I'm going to go see. Okay. So the Reading Terminal, everybody, is this incredible cafeteria-style type place where there's like 100 different restaurants underneath the overpass here in in Philadelphia, right across the street from the right, – actually right in between the Hilton in downtown Philadelphia and the Marriott in downtown Philadelphia. So if you want to come to Philadelphia, go to the Reading Terminal. There you go. There's my roommate. There's your roommate. There's Joe. Hey, Joe. There's my roommate, Joe. There you go. Oh, Big D. Hi. <laughs> okay, okay. I was trying to text you. Okay. So we're, I, did give, I did give Dave some of my sandwich. He was not hungry. We can't, we're going to go out anyway. I know. There you go. What are you looking for, hon? This chair right here. Oh. My fat ass now. <laughs> okay. All right. Have a seat. We should, maybe we'll do one on the egg, too. Why do you want to do that? You want to hang up and do, go back to the... Hang Let's hang up and do it again. So, so Click. Thanks for listening. Dave, thanks for being on in a visual sense. Yes. 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 <coughs> and, no, I meant in a physically visual sense. That's what I meant. Okay. Um, thanks. This is how we do it. This is how we do it.